From Sydney to Toronto to London, from New York to LA, and all points around the globe. Welcome to the My Buddy Butch Talk Show. Coming to you from the sprawling MBB Radio Network Studios. Now, call the dog, get the kids, feed the fish, and let the cat out. Here are the hosts of our show, the man who wants to mow your lawn, Jeff Marginian, and the dog behind the man, our executive producer, and everyone's buddy, Butch. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Marginian, and I'm your host for the My Buddy Butch Show. Of course, I'm here with Butch. Butch is running the board today. So naturally, as usual, if anything goes wrong, blame the dog. And he's giving me a dirty look uh, once again. <laughs> I was almost late coming in today uh, because I had to stop and buy my emergency wax lips. I keep wax lips in the glove compartment of the car because, you know, if you get into a altercation or something happens, you know, I slap those babies in and I mean, who can really be mad at someone wearing wax lips? Remember the wax lips? Buy them at the drugstore, wear them for Halloween. <laughs> okay, everyone should have a pair of wax lips. That's the tip of the day <laughs> in your car. And uh, okay, we got a big show, really big show for you today. Alaska State Troopers on National Geographic. And we have the director, Brian Jones. Uh, of that show, and he's going to be with us to talk a little bit about some of the things that he ran into while they were filming, and I think you've probably seen the trailers uh, playing on TV for that, and it uh, started January 9th, and uh, it is, it's actually every Sunday, 10 o'clock, uh, on the National Geographic channel, 10 o'clock Eastern and Pacific, and we also have Tom Wargo with us, uh, Tom Wargo is the founder of Daffy's Pet Soup Kitchen, Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. And uh, they had the kind of a, a, a sad month of December. Daffy, uh, the little dog, who was his inspiration uh, to start this pet soup kitchen, uh, passed away. And he was uh, nine years old, just a little fella. And we're going to talk to Tom a little bit about that. They've been helping... Millions of pets uh, all over the place, and they're starting to expand uh, a little bit. So we have a good show for you, and I'm going to also cover uh, some of the news and topics coming up. So stay with us, and we'll be back right after this. Jeff and Butch will be right back on the My Buddy Butch Talk Show. If you're a veteran of Iraq or Afghanistan, like me, coming home can be harder than expected. I felt a little out of place, but it turns out I wasn't alone. At IAVA.org, there's a free online community of thousands of OIF and OEF vets who've got your back here, just like they did over there. So now, I'm never alone. I can get the resources I need and talk to tons of people who understand where I'm coming from. Whether it's navigating the GI Bill or VA hospitals, managing the transition home, or meeting people you can share stories with, you'll find it at IAVA.org. Even if it's just everyday stuff, like getting tips on where to find a nice sweater for my dog. Did he just say sweater? that? Really? <laughs> okay, maybe not that, but everything else. No matter where you are, 
Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America is there for you. Join our community at IAVA.org. We've got your back. Brought to you by Iraq, Afghanistan Veterans of America and the Ad Council. All right, Brian Jones is the director of the National Geographic Channel series Alaska State Troopers, and he is a very well-seasoned veteran. He's done over, he's produced and directed over 30 documentaries for National Geographic, working in dangerous places such as San Quentin Prison uh, with with bounty hunters, and now he is tackling the Alaska State Troopers. My gosh, uh, Brian, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. It's a, it's a definite pleasure. Not at all. We're glad to have you with us and to talk to us a little bit about um, this season coming up here. Uh, it actually started on uh, January 9th, and it, and it runs on National Geographic Channel every Sunday, 10 p.m., Eastern and Pacific. But, uh, wow, uh, first of all, when did you start this project? We actually started it almost a year ago um, and started filming kind of in the in the dead of winter up in Alaska and uh, I think that's kind of what gives the show probably the most unique aspect because um, you know patrolling a, a state that is three times the size of Texas when it's dark out probably you know, 18, 19 hours of the day because of how far north it is and with the conditions as they are, um, it's, it's just a, a very unique um, uh, job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people forget that uh, a long night in Alaska is like, you know, six months long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing in Alaska. I think you... You, you you pay for it in in the winter, but then you get the um, the midnight sun in the summer. So you get you get all those. You know, I I don't know what it is, but I I think it, north of the Arctic Circle, I think there's a few days where the sun never even goes below the horizon. Yeah, absolutely. Now we are going to we're going to get to some of the details of what you were up to, but was it a was it a culture shock to be working in those conditions? with, you know, light and day and all that kind of stuff? Um, I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't say it was a culture shock. I think, for me, I think it was, I think it's uh, kind of a, a new and exciting experience because I think the reason I got into doing documentaries and stuff like that is to explore worlds that I never would have gotten a chance to see before. Mm-hmm. And um, getting to explore the world that the troopers live in and, and the, uh, the planes and snow machines and, and wildlife that they go and see is something that, um, you know, I, I, I felt like I, you know, there sh- I should have been paying for a ticket or something like that <laughs> to get to see that stuff because that, it, that, it, it truly, truly is just um, an awesome experience to be able to 
to follow them around and see what they do because it's 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 nothing like what people might think of when they actually hear the name trooper you know the mm-hmm. they are not really on the road driving around in a car that's kind of the not the, not the, their main role right it's not like uh, a lot of them here in the continental united states right yeah i mean they are you you have troopers that are stationed in many and most of them in locations where it's only accessible by plane Mm -hmm. Um, troopers that fly their own planes to get to locations or helicopters uh, or boats Um, and i think that's probably part of the reason why a lot of the troopers do what they do is because they get to be outside so much of the time in a state that has you know so much to offer in terms of uh, being your office, you know, going to, uh, uh, on, uh, out in the wilderness, out in the wilderness. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It, it's, it's, a, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, I, and I, I, I've, I've said this before and I, and I, and I truly, truly mean it. If I had to switch jobs with all the stuff that I've seen before, like I would, I would like to think that I, I, I would like to be a trooper, but I don't, I don't know that I have that I could cut the mustard just with what it takes to do that job, but it is, it's just, uh, it just would be a, just a gas to be able to do that. Wow. Now, did this take you pretty much from corner to corner of the state? I mean, twice the size of Texas. Wow. That's a lot of ground to cover. Yeah, we tried, we tried to cover as much of the state as possible just because it's, you know, it, it is, you know, it's, um, you have obviously the the alpine areas of the state. You have you know um, uh, the Lucian chain. You, you have you know rainforest and um, in like Sitka. You know it's 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 a it's there's such a difference in the in the terrain that we tried to cover as much of it as we could. Wow, and they also uh, I understand they also cover uh, an island that's only really a couple of miles from russia yeah that that is the the spot that you can see russia from um <laughs> it's it's a uh, called little diomede and the uh, there's a trooper that flies out there they don't normally have any law enforcement there but she she flies out there mm-hmm. every once in a while and the plane lands on the on the frozen um uh, bearing straight wow. and um they, they are, the stories are told from the, the Inuits that live there that um, uh, people have taken their snow machines and driven across to Russia, and then they are, um, <laughs> there is a, a, apparently a, a military base on the other side, Russian, that slightly escorts them back. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, but you can, you can actually get to Russia by walking uh, from uh, U.S. territory, although I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that would be quite a quite a brisk walk, I'll bet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh my gosh! Now, um, okay. One of the things I saw on the on the previews was that there were ten thousand partiers in the middle of a mountain range. That's Alaska's version of spring break. Yeah, it's it's a it's an event called Arctic Man that happens every year and uh, it actually becomes believe it or not the fourth largest city in Alaska overnight oh, wow. um, 
I think this year there was 13,000 people there, and um, it's kind of a, an event to kind of a last hurrah before summer starts because mm-hmm. um, there is snow on the ground, and it's in the, literally in the middle of nowhere, and the troopers uh, have to set up shop there and, and patrol the crowd and the hijinks that they get into um, during that kind of three days of, wow. I guess you could say, a little bit of debauchery, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 they're definitely letting loose. Wow, college kids, yeah. Yeah. Letting off some steam out there. Well, you know, at least it's kind of away from a lot of other major cities. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, I mean, you can't, I think... <laughs> one of, one of the drawbacks to doing something stupid there is you know if you get if you get uh, arrested you have to take a, a four hour drive in the back of a cop car. Oh wow! So um, <laughs> I think people probably try to behave because they know it's not like it's going to be a 15, 10, 15 minute ride down to the um, you know the local <laughs> police shop or whatever. Yeah, to the to the local jail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, okay. So, naturally, they're dealing with people, and they're doing a lot of this stuff also, uh, you know, policing the kids and everything when they're out partying, watching for stuff going on, but they also have issues that they deal with with the wildlife on a regular basis, right? Absolutely, yeah. They, they are the agency that is in charge of protecting all that Alaska has to offer from, you know, salmon, um, moose, which... Um, I was, I mean, I, I never have seen more moose in my life ever than in Alaska. And, and that's, a, that's a big thing in Alaska in terms of a uh, resource that is harvested uh, um, and also just wildlife that adds to the beauty of Alaska. So they, they take it extremely serious up mm-hmm. there. I mean, if you mess around with the wildlife, um, you know, you're going to see yourself doing some jail time, which... Um, in some of the episodes, you'll see they use a fake moose decoy. looks exactly like a moose mm-hmm. um, to try and catch poachers and stuff like that. And, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's just kind of a source of pride in Alaska in terms of the resources they have and not, not to waste them. Oh, sure. Sure, they're very mindful of that up there. I, I do know a, a couple of people who... Um, their kids actually would go and work uh, in Alaska throughout the summer months or through the warmer months, and then they'd go back to Florida in the winter. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of a cheat. But they would come back and tell, tell a lot of good stories. Um, you know, there's a lot of people I know that have taken the Alaskan cruises and everything, and it's, I think that would be, from what, from what you've seen and what you're saying, that would be an outstanding family vacation. Uh, to get the whole family out there now. How about bears? Did you see many bears? Yo, know, that's there's an interesting story behind that one. There is a uh, an actual mountain called Bear Mountain, where someone a hiker got injured on uh, the top of the mountain, and uh, he injured himself such that he was bleeding a little bit. So the troopers and he couldn't get down. So the troopers had to um, go up this aptly named mountain called Bear Mountain. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, during, uh, like, September and October, 
the the bears are really 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 active because they're getting ready for you know winter so sure. they're out you know foraging and 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 um you know people that live close to the wilderness obviously they're going to be in their backyard and stuff like that so you see bears but they're they're smart enough and the troopers are 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 you know around wildlife enough to know that they the bears you know keep their distance you know sure. any bear that they know that's going to approach is something that's going to be of concern of because a bear what a bear should do is run away right and um but you but they are the times that they have they see a bear and that then we we try and film it and try and see it is so interesting because they're so acutely aware of, of it moving through mm-hmm. the the forest or wherever it is that you you turn and look and, and it's hard for the kind of the untrained eye to to catch that mm-hmm. but like a lot of the wildlife troopers see so much stuff and they're out there so often that it's just kind of it's kind of like a, a muscle memory thing that you can't believe they can spot it so quickly. <laughs> We're talking with Brian Jones. He's the director of the series Alaska State Troopers on the National Geographic Channel. You can see that Sundays, 10 p.m. Pacific and Eastern. Eastern and Pacific, 10 p.m. We're going to be back right after this. You're listening to the My Buddy Butch Talk Show on the MBB Radio Network. <laughs> Every year, more than 4,000 people die and 20,000 are injured in fires across the country. 300 of these deaths tragically involve children under the age of five. Did you know that two-thirds of fires that kill children younger than five are in homes that do not have a smoke alarm? Smoke alarms save lives, and they should be placed on every floor and in every bedroom of a home. Fire deaths are preventable, so USFA and CPSC are working together to help reduce fire-related deaths. Fires occur every day in every community. Families need to be prepared, have a fire escape plan, know where to meet, and parents and caregivers should help get the children out of the house. And have a working smoke alarm. If it is more than 10 years old, get a new one. Check the batteries twice a year, and make sure to change them at least once a year. Take action and plan today. It may just save a life tomorrow. Okay, welcome back to the My Buddy Butch Radio Talk Show on the MBB Radio Network right here. And uh, the website is mbbradio.com. So, we're talking with uh, Brian Jones. He's the director of Alaska State Troopers on the National Geographic Channel. And before the break, we were talking a little bit about the bears. And Brian, did you guys ever see any of the polar bears? You know, you know what? We, we never got, got the chance. Um, we did go pretty far up north mm-hmm. and saw um, musk ox, okay. which um, is a really interesting animal, which I'd, I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, uh, it's amazing, I mean, in, in that, in the conditions that are up there that um, they survive, but I guess that's what they're bred and, yeah, or not bred, excuse me, but that's their that's their territory. That's the way you know they live. Yeah, and their habitat. So that's yeah. great. Well, Brian, hey, I want to thank you for being with us. We love having National Geographic covering the shows and everything. You're welcome back anytime. Is there any place online where people can see you? Naturally, we send them to the National Geographic Channel website to catch all the latest stuff there. But is there another website you want to tell us about? Yeah, people want to check out the work that we've done or, and stuff that's 
coming up, if they go to our, our site, it's uh, www.psgfilms.com, and that's uh, Paul, Sam, George, and then films just like the movies. So check out the website and see what Brian's up to. Alaska State Troopers on the National Geographic Channel, Sundays, 10 o'clock, Eastern and Pacific. I'm definitely going to check out some of these episodes. They sound really good. Trailers look good, and also I understand there's an episode where a dog actually rescues, I think it was a state trooper, I'm not sure, from a fire. So, yeah, check that out. And Alaska, wow. A lot of people take the Alaskan cruises, but I don't know if I'd be able to handle that the you know the whole six months of uh, light and six months of dark things. <laughs> I walk around in the dark most of the time anyway. I don't need it actually to be physically dark outside. So that was that was great. I'm gonna check it out now. We have Tom Wargo coming up of Daffy's Pet Soup Kitchen uh, right after this break. And if you need to send an email to us, Butch at mybuddybutch.com. We'll be right back. Love your pet almost as much as you do here on the My Buddy Butch Talk Show. Hi, I'm Ryan Seacrest for RAD. Over 300 people in this country are killed every week by a drunk driver. That's the equivalent of two 747 plane crashes every single week. And the problem isn't going away unless we all do our part to stop it. So if you see someone who's about to drive after drinking, get the keys. Don't leave it up to anyone else. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hey, it's me again. Tom Wargo's not coming up till after the next break. I jumped the gun a little bit. Butch, at my buddy Butch, as I mentioned, is the email address. MBBradio.com and MyBuddyButch.com are the websites also don't forget to sign up for the chronicle our free newsletter and also here's a quick tip butch needs his nails trimmed okay now i trim his nails but also you can also use those you've seen those little dremel like uh sanding discs those types of things to kind of round them off don't hold that on there to grind that nail down because that generates a lot of heat and it can actually hurt them and i kind of learned that uh, over a period of time working with butch so there's a quick tip for you tom wargo is coming up you're listening to the my buddy butch talk show with your host jeff marginian on the mbb radio network The My Buddy Butch Rescue Shelter of the Week, helping to save deserving pets from around the USA and Canada. Okay, Tom Wargo is the owner and operator of <laughs> Daffy's Pet Soup Kitchen in Georgia and in near Atlanta. And Tom has been with us before. We wanted to catch up with him because um, they received, they had some bad news recently with. Uh, it was in December, um, the passing of Daffy. Now, Tom, thanks for being with us. Oh, thanks for having me. Not at all. And we want to get caught up with you. But Daffy was kind of uh, uh, the start of what you're doing here with and your inspiration for the Pet Soup Kitchen. Why don't you talk about Daffy for just a couple minutes here, and then we'll, uh, we'll get caught up. 
Yeah, well, the uh, you know we started the food bank actually in in '97, uh-huh. uh, and it was in a wasn't until about 2007 when we actually named it after Daffy. But um, uh, we you know when we found Daffy, he was a diabetic, and uh-huh. uh, well he was had had medical conditions, but later found out he was diabetic. But um, you know for those reasons, and and, and then I, I didn't even know really about. You know, prescription food and eighty, ninety dollars a bag, and you know how expensive it was. That, that animals had the same problems that people had, mm-hmm. uh, and I know medical insurance for people is, is, is outrageous and, and, and care. And, and when I started finding out for dogs, uh, you know, that's kind of why the name Daffy and, and, and our dog it was, it was kind of you know symbolic for what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because he was the perfect example of. You know, of the dogs that end up in the pounds, that end up in the shelter because of the high care, the high food cost. Uh-huh. And so putting actual uh, a name and a face of Daffy um, on our program, I think, really made a big difference. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, really hit home. We knew how hard it was to, to spend, you know, $300 a month to buy special food and, and, and high-end prescription, you know, size diet, WD food for diabetic dogs and insulin in two shots a day and, um, you know, just the high cost of medical care. And, um, and then we realized that those, you know, that was a whole other aspect of what we needed to do to help people. Sure. To keep those animals out of the pound as well. Sure. Um, so, yeah, so we just kind of, actually, it's kind of my son's idea, but, you know, just to, um, you know, uh, kind of individualize all the different programs that we have and Daffy's being one of them. And he just, um, his little Bark for Food photo is, you know, it's been popping up in books and magazines all over the country. I mean, he's just um, took off more than, than even what we expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a little local Georgia food bank, um, we've kind of expanded across the country. So that's they get great. all started from, from his face on the, on the picture. <laughs> that's, it, that's fantastic. And you've done so much, and Daffy has touched so many people's lives. Um, our condolences you know it's tough to lose a pet but when when that pet is also kind of the catalyst behind the the good work that you've been doing for so many years it it makes it a little more difficult and we're we're very sorry that uh daffy went now people can see him at uh, daffy's pet soup kitchen.com and we'll have that link up on our after show blog now tom uh tell us a little bit about uh some of the things that you have going on now. Well, I mean, uh, of course, the food bank is still going. Um, we we did have our concerns. I mean, when you know, with, with the the economy, the economy pinching everybody. Um, you know, it's, it's pinching us as well. Sure. Uh, charities are, are are down a lot, and uh, and we we actually had our thoughts about you know, could we even keep open? You know, and then when Daffy passed, I was almost thinking, you know, maybe this is. Maybe we should just close. You know, I mean, it was—I I didn't know. You know, it was, yeah. it was a very, very trying time. And and then when you know when we let people know, um, you know that he passed. I mean, oh man, we got emails from all over the world. You know, besides sure. the country, we were getting emails. Of, oh, you know, we just want to let you know that because of you, we started a food bank, and you helped us start a food bank in Michigan, and you helped us start one in California, and New York, and. You know, there's food banks all over the country now, um, you know, and, 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 you know, keep up the legacy. You're doing a great job, and, you know, so 
I, you know, when I thought that one thing was a, a reason for us maybe to close down, uh, I think just inspired us to even do more. Sure. Uh, so, so now we're actually working on uh, expanding. Um, we've already expanded to another place in, in Georgia, and uh, we're talking to people. I just got calls from Ohio uh, and one in Arizona um, about starting another food bank. Great. So we're working on expanding, and we've got some new ideas um, on, on, on getting things started to be more self-supportive uh, to where we can, you know, our, our biggest thing was to help people start food banks all over the place that have, you know, very inexpensively to where we help cover all their costs, you know, their insurance, their licensing, their tax exemption. We help them get food, uh, which is pretty much how we got, you know, as many food banks as we have started, you know, outside of Georgia. But we're working on even taking it one step further and, and doing more to where our program should um, be able to go cross-country and help people out all over the place. That's fantastic. Now... Tell us a little bit more about how uh, it operates. You work with uh, human food banks, right? Well, we, we work with some human food banks. We don't actually hand out pet food from the human food banks. Right. We actually have our own separate distribution location. Okay. Um, but we, uh, we have information up. We have flyers out. Um, we work with the, the human food banks. We work with the rescues. We work with the animal controls. Um, anytime people come in that have an issue, you know, especially now with the economy being bad and they have pets and they can't afford to feed them or they're turning them into the pound because they can't afford to take care of them, this is where we get our referrals from. Okay. Uh, so, you know, this is how we find, you know, well, they said we're serving over a thousand people just from our one location here in Gwinnett County. Uh-huh. So, um, but that's how we find, you know, um, basically who needs help. Uh, we've got like the, the county has a hotline, like a United Way line. Um, we're listed on all those. The county services has our number as well. So basically anyone calls that, that needs help, we're able to help them out. That's great. That is out, that's outstanding. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a very good thing to know that, that you're getting so many calls from so many other states wanting to know uh, how to do this, how to set up... Uh, a pet food kitchen, uh, a pet soup kitchen, and how to how to help people keep their pets out of shelters, dog pounds, uh, whatever the case may be. Yeah. be. You know, because as as you know, and and I know, our pets are they mean a lot to us. They're part of our family. It would be just like giving up a child to adoption or something like that. And we don't want that to happen anywhere. So not only is it good for, for the people who, who need the help, but it's also good for the shelters to help keep uh, animals out of the sh- overcrowded shelters in many cases. Well, th- this helps out tremendously. I mean, just, excuse me, just what we've done in, in the county we're in now has dropped the intake rate by probably 20% or more. Wow. Uh, if you figure out how many people, whatever you know, whatever location you're in, just figure the the, the population, uh-huh. and then figure on average a 10% unemployment rate. Yeah. You know, 60% of those people have pets. So if they're unemployed and 60% of those people have pets, um, you're talking tens of thousands or more of people who are unemployed or going to people food banks themselves because they can't afford to feed themselves and they have pets. And more than likely, they have more than one. 
probably more than two. Uh-huh. Um, so if they're getting any assistance at all from food banks, from government agencies or anything, they're taking their personal money to feed themselves and they're feeding their pets, or they're taking their prescription money and they're feeding their pets, because most of these people will not give up their animals right. just because they're struggling. I mean, if you're struggling, you don't sell off your kids, you know what I mean? Sure. Uh, and that's how, that's how these people are. So, you know, for a pet food bank, I mean, a lot of people, eh, pet food, you know, some people, maybe they don't understand, don't see it as a big importance, but... I mean, we're helping the pets, but we're more so, we're helping the people, the pet right. owners, you know, the pet parents. Sure. Um, Tom, hey, I'm coming, up, I'm coming up against a break here. Will you stay with us until after this break? Yeah, sure. Great. Okay, Tom Wargo, we're going to be back with him right after this. Love your pet almost as much as you do here on the My Buddy Butch Talk Show. Boy, she's a lot of work. I don't think we were prepared for this when we decided to have her. If we could just find someone to help teach her the basics. Yeah, like getting her house broken. Naturally curious and eager to learn, puppies can't teach themselves. Visit the American Kennel Club's website at www.akc.org to find local clubs and get advice on training and training classes and help your puppy become the very best she can be. A message from the American Kennel Club and new puppies everywhere. I'm Marie Osmond. Choices, some are minor, others life-changing. But what if your small choices matter the most, like the stairs or the elevator, baked or fried? What if these small choices determine if you'll be the one out of every three women who die of heart disease this year? These choices might not seem life-changing today, but women are dying of heart disease at the rate of almost one per minute. Luckily, it's mostly preventable. Choose to act. Our hearts, our choice. Make your choice at GoRedForWomen.org. Okay, we are talking with Tom Wargo of Daffy's Soup Kitchen in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, Tom, we were before the break, we were talking a little bit about um, how what you do is helping to keep uh, people from having to give up their animals because the economy is so bad. People are struggling all over, and this is a service that is just uh, invaluable. I mean, you can't put a price on this because... Uh, and unfortunately, it comes down to money in a lot of cases. You can't put a price on it for the owner, uh, what it means to them to be able to keep their own pet. But yet, you know, you need donations to survive. You need donations to um, work with uh, uh, other agencies and to make sure that you have enough food that you can continue to do this. Now, tell us a little bit about some of the uh, companies and agencies that you're working with to help uh, you know, feed some of these animals. Yeah, I mean, well, a lot of ways how we do things is we just, you know, we set up small little um, donation boxes in little individual businesses, uh-huh. uh, which actually helps those individual businesses because they get a lot of walk-in traffic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have probably 100 places that collect food for us. Uh, Petco is one of our biggest sponsors. Um, we have every Petco in Georgia collect food for us. Oh, great. So that's really good that we can, you know, say, hey, you want to donate food, go to Petco and donate food. Sure. Uh, we had a big uh, food drive <clears throat> and um, uh, had a big thing in USA Today about, um, you know, how us and Petco were working together just, you know, a, a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Petco all across the country is working to help pet food banks. Problem is, there's not enough pet food banks out there. Sure. Uh, 
So, I mean, anybody, any state, anywhere, um, you know, what we're doing, I think, you know, is, is a good thing. But, you know, anybody can do what we're doing. Uh, if, if you can go in any state and you can go help out any, any rescue, any people food bank and donate pet food to them, they're going to have the need. Maybe they don't have a full-blown pet food bank set up, but, you know, it just it, people need to start understanding that, you know, all these places could use pet food. Maybe if people start donating more pet food to the people food banks, they would realize how important it was, and maybe they'd start handing out food. There'd be more pet food banks all over the country. It needs help. People need to help with that more than people want to realize. Sure. Tom, why don't you tell everybody where they can see you online and maybe how they can help out a little bit? Yeah, uh, you can go to uh, com. Okay. And, um, you know, there's ways to donate online, um, like I said. But there's ways you can help out is, <clears throat> excuse me, is just help out, you know, animal controls, help out other rescues. And, you know, you can even know a neighbor that needs some help and just help them out any way that you possibly can. That's going to help Going to help us. It's going to help everybody in the long run. Beautiful. Well, God bless what you're doing down there, Tom. And, you know, we're here to help you out. You make sure and keep us in the loop, and I'll definitely get uh, the news out for you, okay? I appreciate it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And Tom's been doing a great job down there in Atlanta, uh, helping and expanding. I'm glad to see that they are expanding. Um, you know, I hate to keep harping about this, but this is something, this is one of the reasons why we here do a lot with rescue, not only rescues, but food banks and any cause that is moving forward to help feed animals that are in need and help keep them out of the rescues. And, you know, we've talked about uh, Seasons of Supper with uh, Dr. Jellison uh, Banfield teaming up with Meals on Wheels, and we've talked um, the IMS Home for the Holiday campaign. As a matter of fact, we're going to have more information about that coming up because they have uh, donated five million um, dinners for five million bowls of food for animals uh, that are homeless. And these types of programs are going on all over the country in communities and cities, towns, everywhere. So you don't have to look far. Your own backyard. There are animal shelters that would love to have some extra food or to, to have a donation to help with volunteers or, or something like that. So, you know, uh, buy a few extra cans of dog food or cat food or something like that. And you'll know where your donation is going, where it's being used in, in your community. Keep the money in your communities. And uh, with the storms going through the south this past week, my gosh, you know, keep an eye out on your neighbors and look and see if there are animals roaming in the streets or something who might have gotten away who are going to have a hard time living through the cold weather, especially in the south. And, uh, you know, unfortunately... <laughs> Hopefully that's it for you guys, but unfortunately here in the north, uh, we're, we're in the thick of it right now. It's only in mid-January at this point. We're, we've still got a long haul out. So uh, let's take care of each other, and we'll be back after this. It's the My Betty Butch Radio Talk Show with your hosts Jeff Marginian and Butch. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> 
ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for news and announcements. Okay, out of Texas, Texas A&M has a, uh, a retirement home for pets. <laughs> they do. It's called the Stevenson Companion Animal Life Care Center. And it's at the Texas A&M University, dogs and cats. There were pets uh, of people. They can live out their days peacefully. And this, this, this center has been around for about 17 years, okay? And they're actually going to be expanding. And this is going to allow them uh, to take in uh, not only pets from people who can no longer care for them, cats and dogs and those uh, types of things, but also to begin accepting birds. So... If you have a pet that you really love, uh, check that out. It's out of it's off of the. Uh, this was in the San Antonio Express news. Okay, you can check that out there. And people uh, that want their animals to end up there have to pledge an endowment, the amount of which is based on the pet owner's age. So, hmm, interesting. You can check that out. Uh, that is a good one. Also, uh, oh, people are, you know, here's another thing. We talked about the, the birds that bit the dust. Okay. In, uh, Arkansas, Louisiana, and the story out of the New York times, and this is on free registration. You can register for the New York times stories free if you really want to. Uh, they're saying that people don't believe uh, they're not satisfied with the story of why or the explanation as to why these birds bit the dust. <laughs> you know, the flashes of uh, fireworks and everything blinded the birds. They crashed into all different sorts of things and died hitting the ground. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I really, you know, it happened. They investigated it. They found no poisons or anything else. Uh, unless you want to go with the theory that, yes, this is part of the end of times, then I, you know, I have better things to do than to sit and worry about why all those birds died after they investigated it and found the reason why. Okay. Let's see if it happens again. I mean, this is not, not something that's brand new and it's never happened before. So uh, let's see if we can, uh, you know, get past it. Also, did you know, uh, oh, here's one that was sent to me from, I have relatives in Colorado and very good friends out there. And there's uh, in Loveland, uh, the reporter Harold. Um, cats can be trained to perform tricks just like dogs. Jumping through hoops, high fives, um, sitting on command these all all these types of things are not just for dogs so if you have a cat that's patient enough with you <laughs> doesn't have an attitude <laughs> teach him to give you a high five you know throw a few treats his way <laughs> and uh yeah butch thinks cats are dumb and they can't learn anything anyway but that's butch He's a little biased. And also, routine uh, checkups, okay, can help 
pets live happier, healthier lives. Now, I take Butch usually a couple times a year to get, uh, to get you know, a once-over. And I keep a close eye on him and make sure he's eating good and that type of thing. But it's always good to have the vet check him out. In my case, I prefer twice a year. Some people do the annual thing. But uh, one of the things we're going to be talking about in the upcoming shows is pet insurance and how that affects or how much it pays for regular visits. So, you know, there's a lot of different types of policies, just like human uh, medical policies. So that's one of the things to think about. MBBradio.com is the website. Thank, I want to thank everybody for being with us today, Tom Wargo and Brian Jones, and we'll see you next time.